Hey family, this is Pastor Torre. I'm so glad that you are listening to the Potter's House at 1 LA and Denver podcast. Pastor Sarah and I are praying for you and we believe this message is gonna be just what you need. God bless you and we'll check back in with you after this message. I want you to turn in your Bible. I'm gonna jump right into this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse one and the first couple of verses in Hebrews chapter 12. I'm excited about what God is doing in our, in our movement, what he's doing in our ministry, what he's doing in our midst. We've been on this series called Strategy in the Storm, and, and we know that in every storm, God has a strategy. He would not allow a storm without it first fitting into a divine strategy that he has. And, and as we learned in the first week of the series, where we are to pursue our strategy in the midst of God's strategy. And, we talked about that in the first week. In the second week in the series called The Strategy in the Storm, we talked about making peace with the storm, and we talked about some things that in this season we, we have to sometimes embrace our new normal. We have to embrace the fact that things are not going to change overnight, but that God has made provision for us, and so we are to seek the peace of the season, and we talked about five things that we should do, build, plant, connect, increase, and seek the peace, as I mentioned. And this week, I want to talk about rising above the storm, and one of the reasons why I felt it important to talk about that was because it's challenging in a season that is difficult when God tells you to build, when the reality of it is you may not feel like building. You, you may, even though God has given you the word to build and the word to plant, you may still be in survive mode. And as I, as I think about this season since the pandemic hit our world, we've gone through several feelings and several stages up to now. And, and first, there was shock and disbelief. And, and then there was some fear and and because of the resolve of who we are uh, as believers and even those who aren't believers, just as an optimistic nation, we, there was a wave of optimism that came. And, and you started seeing people, you know, it, it was, everybody was saying, we're going to get through this and we're going to overcome this. And, 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 and there was just this, this wave of, of, of optimism and it was coming from everywhere. And that lasted for about a week. And then a reality started to sit in. Reality started to set in and, and we, we begin to notice lifestyle changes being elongated, quarantines and, and masks and, and, and more people began to get infected and the, the, the number of people who were infected and, and, and those who succumbed to, to the infection begin to grow. And we started seeing the economy begin to dry up and, and, and jobs and finances started getting a little tricky and it, and, and, and it started getting closer and closer to home and people that we know are being affected. And, and as that transpired, the, the tunnel that had the light at the end of it began to get longer and longer. There's a passage of scripture that says, 
Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it's one thing to have joy and optimism for a little while. It's another thing to, to allow that, that joy and that optimism to stay intact, to stay in place when you're dealing with a legitimate threat. And as I was seeking the, the face of the Lord about what he would have me to share is he wanted me to deal with this complex situation that I believe many of us are dealing with, and that is we have a word from the Lord to, to not to stop building and to, to still plant and to make connections and to increase like we talked about last week. However, we're dealing with a threat, a credible threat, and, and we're being reminded of that threat every single day and so, on the one hand, we have God's word to hang in there, to build still, to plant. But then, on the other hand, we have the heaviness of the season. And that's what I want to deal with today. What, what do you do when, when you've got a command to build, a command to, to plant, a command to, to increase, but at the same time, you're dealing with a weight that seems to be relentless. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Where you go in and out from optimistic expectation and great faith and, and great motivation to move forward at 5 o'clock. And then at 8 o'clock, fear comes in or tries to come in. What, what do you do? When the weight is relentless, the heaviness of the storm is relentless, and yet there's something in you saying, saying build. I want to get the practical things out of the way, the way really quickly. If, if that's you, and there are answers in this text that I'm going to read in just a second, and we'll get into that, but I do want to go practical for a second it's important that you understand that, that I am 99%, 0.9% sure that you have never dealt with the pandemic like this before. Which means that no matter how hopeful and how positive we are, if we don't deal with the fact that this is weighty, that this is heavy, then we'll be walking around in denial carrying a heaviness on us and not even know it. The heaviness in this season is normal, but it's not supposed to overwhelm you. Can I just talk to you practical for a second? And so, so practically speaking, if you find yourself in a place where you're overwhelmed and it is heavy, almost too heavy to bear, then you need to get some help. I think that you need to talk it out. Find someone that you can talk to whether it's a relative or a friend or a therapist, talk to somebody. Because what I want to do before I get into all the spiritual stuff, and I've got a wonderful word for you today, but I want to first of all give you permission to be human. You're human. You've never seen this before. You don't have to be all big and bad and tough and all that kind of stuff because at the end of the day, up underneath all of that is something that probably needs to be addressed. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be concerned. All that is normal. 
But if it's overwhelming, I want you to talk to somebody. I want you to, even right now, you can get in the comments right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And, and we've got prayer leaders and pastors that will talk to you. But I want you to do that. You, in this season, you need to have almost like, like your, your, your boxing corner. And what is a boxing corner? A boxing corner is not someone that's just going to get in it with you and just start you know, telling you how terrible it is, and now it becomes a pity part. That's not what I'm talking about. But when a boxer goes to his corner, that boxer gets refreshed. That boxer gets wisdom. And most importantly, that boxer gets back in the fight. Because we need you in the fight, because this season wants to build you, not kill you. There's something that God's going to pull out of you during this time, and and I believe that, that if you're postured properly, you will. I want to go to this text really quickly because I believe that as I was praying, and by the way, that if I didn't mention it already, the title of this message is, is Rising Above the Storm. Rising Above the Storm. And, and, um, and let's go there really quickly. Hebrews chapter 12, here we go. It says, therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this moment that we get to spend with one another in your word. And we thank you for your word. We don't live by bread alone, but we live by the words that proceed out of your mouth. And we bless you. Now, Father, it's no secret we are all in a storm. Without a shadow of a doubt. Not just America, but the world is in a storm right now. And God, we want you today, through your word, to show us how to rise above it so that we can be everything that you've created us to be and so that we can do everything that you've created us to do. We trust you. We love you. We're not even asking you to deliver us if that's not what you want to do in this moment. We're asking you to rise us up above it so that we might function and be the church and be the light of the world, even in the midst of a dark time. Father, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and insight and knowledge and prophecy and power. And I thank you, God, that you have put your words in my mouth. And God, those words are going to connect with the hearers and it's going to take root and it's going to bear fruit and chains will break and lives will be healed and strength will come and clarity will be our portion. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 What, what, what drew me to this text was I could sense the weight that many people have been feeling. And because I've read the scripture and I know the scripture, the, the word weight, when I talked about, when I was thinking about weight as I'm 
you know, really aiming to minister to you and to, to lift you up, Hebrews 12 came in because it, one of the things that it does in the passage is it deals with weight. And, and so as I sat praying and meditating, aiming to understand what was going on, I felt like many of God's people and many people in general, everyone is God's people, but many people were living under the weight of this cloud of this storm, the, the cloud of fear, the, the cloud of uncertainty, uh, the cloud of angst uh, and self-preservation. And, and I knew that in a season where God is telling us to still build, to still plant, I knew that for many it was going to be difficult to see through this, this thick, dark cloud in order to see clearly enough and to be motivated and encouraged to move forward. And so as I looked at this text and I began to dig into the text, I realized that, yes, indeed, this storm does have dark and thick and sometimes seemingly unpenetrable clouds, but there's a different type of cloud in this season that God wants you and I to access. And if we access this cloud, it's going to elevate us above any storm we're facing. And this, this divine cloud that I'm talking about is what the writer of Hebrews describes in Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the first verse. It starts by saying, watch this. It says, therefore, we also, watch this, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin. And I'm going to get there in a second. But, but he starts off by saying, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. What's going on, PT? What's happening? If you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, and I believe my wife touched on this Thursday night. It's funny. We were tracking in the same, in the same text and the same perspective. That's, that's the Holy Ghost, and that's union. But if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 is what many people call the hall of faith or the faith hall of fame. It is full of characters in the scripture who trusted God believed God, went through difficulty, difficulty and difficult things and endured a whole lot. But at the end of the day, the promise was, of God was always fulfilled, even in the midst of unthinkable circumstances. So in Hebrews 12, when he talks about, now listen, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses he is basically saying that you can either stay in the cloud that is communicating the testimony of fear, the testimony of anxiety, the testimony of death and destruction, or you can access another, another cloud. And it's a cloud, watch this, that is comprised of the testimonies of all those who have gone before you and I, those who have trusted God through the storms, have believed God through the storms, and now are, watch this, witnesses. Isn't it interesting that they're called witnesses? That means that they have seen something. 
And they have seen something so wonderful that it has become their portion. Watch this. They have become what they experienced. And so, so there's another level. There is a divine atmosphere that you and I can access right now, and it is marked by the energy of those who have gone ahead of us, who have the testimony of the faithfulness of God, and right now, even in this moment, above the cloud of darkness of fear, above the cloud of darkness of anxiety, there is another cloud. There are people around you cheering you on. I can hear them right now saying, go for it, go ahead, don't stop. Press in. All you got to do is not be weary. And everything that God promised you, he is going to bring you through. This, this divine, I feel the Holy Ghost. You got to understand. You got to get up above the storm. Because there's a truth up above the storm, a truth that says with God, all things are possible, a truth that says that if I am for you, who can be against you? A truth that says I will bring you through the waters and through the floods and they won't overtake you. There is a truth in the atmosphere and we have to break through this storm. We have to break through this cloud that's trying to push us back and hold us back. Turn to your neighbor, turn to your friend, turn to your mama, turn to your doggy. look at your fish and say, there's another level. There's another level. There's a cloud, I feel it. There's a cloud over you right now. There's a great cloud of witnesses over you right now. And innumerable, I love it. It talks about this, not just one or two. Therefore, since we right now, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. See, right now you're surrounded. It reminds me of Elijah and his servant. And Elijah's servant thought that they were in trouble because the enemy seemed to be circling them and, and seemed to have them encompassed. And, 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 and Elijah prayed, God, open my servant's eyes. And his servant's eyes were open and he realized that he wasn't surrounded. God and the host of heaven was actually surrounding what he thought was surrounding him. And that's what I need you to know right now. There, there, is, there, is, there is encouragement to access. If you can get above your storm, if you can get above the dark cloud, there's a crowd. There's a cloud. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I feel that for somebody. You are not by yourself. There are times when, when God causes you to trust him in the storm and you feel like, man, I'm in this thing all by myself. No, you're not. That's a lie. There's a great cloud of witnesses. You are not the only one. There were people before you who trusted God and God came through and never let them down. And there's going to be people after you who trust God and take him at his word. And we just got to get above the storm. We got to rise above it and get to this, this divine cloud. Can I talk about it a little bit more? We got to get in the cloud. 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 When I was studying this, I stumbled across an encounter that Jesus had with the cloud. And it's in Matthew chapter 17. And you may know it as the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. Study it when you get a chance, but essentially Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. And he took Peter and John with him up there. And when he got up there, all of a sudden, Light came down and a cloud came down and he saw, watch this, Moses and Elijah who had gone on to glory long before he was there. 
and the Father from heaven began to speak. Even Jesus experienced this divine cloud. As he was making his way to the cross, even Jesus had an experience with the cloud. You're not by yourself. I feel the Holy Spirit. You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. Somebody needs to know this. I, I want to I keep moving because we got a lot of ground to cover. And so how do I access that cloud? I believe one of the ways you access that cloud is by, is by reading the word. And when you read the word, I want you to, in particular, be looking for God's faithfulness to those who God entered into covenant with. See, you, you are a part of a fraternity. For those of you who trust God and those of you who believe God, you're a part of a divine fraternity of men and women over the centuries, over the years, over the generations that put their trust in God. And God never let them down. There's a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on, but, but there's more. Let's go further. We're, we're talking about how to get above the storm. I, I, I recognize that I have to be in the storm, but I don't have to be of the storm. You got to catch that. You got to learn that, that, that just because I'm in something doesn't mean that, that something has to be in me. I, I'm in it, but I'm not of it. It's almost like a ship. When you think about a ship, a ship that goes from port to port, place to place, region to region, is on the sea. It has to be on the sea to get to where it is going. But if that sea ever got into the ship, it would be catastrophe. And that is an earthly, that is an earthly example of how we can be in the storm, but the storm not be in us. And I believe that God wants to elevate you to a place that although you are in it, you are not of it. You have risen above it. You are hanging out with the champions in your mind, in your faith, and in your expectations. You, you are with your tribe and, and you're in good company. You're in excellent company. And you're encouraged by the atmosphere of the cloud of witnesses. Are you tracking with me? But there's more. There's more. There's more. It says in the text, it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I almost just want to stop right there. We are surrounded. We are surrounded. The, the Hebrews that, that, that the writer is writing to had a very difficult faith journey. Because these were essentially uh, former Jews. They were Jews. And, and this particular sect of believers were under immense persecution by the religious Jews at the time. I mean, it was terrible. They lost everything. They had to, to leave their families. And they had to, it was just, they, they were the most persecuted group of believers during their time. And yet God speaks to them and God says, you're surrounded. I know you look like you're surrounded by your difficulties. I know you look like you're surrounded by what you're afraid of. But I'm telling you, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Abraham, come on, somebody, is in that crowd. Esther is in that crowd, in that cloud, in that crowd, cloud, the crowded cloud. All the greats of the scripture, Noah, who... Who was persecuted like Noah? Noah, water, what is that? Flood, what in the world is that? 
And so you need to know no matter where you are, you're not by yourself. I keep saying it because somebody needs to get it. You are surrounded right now by a cloud of witnesses. And I want you to begin to hear the sound and the testimonies of those who have gone ahead of you. I want you to shut up your ears to fear. I want you to shut up your ears to what if. I want you to shut up your ears to anxiety. I want you to shut up your ears to all those things and begin to listen to the sound and the testimony of the great cloud of witnesses. Witnesses, they're telling you God will make a way out of no way. They are telling you if God is for you, who can be against you? They are telling you no weapon formed against you can prosper. They are telling you fear not for God is with you. Be not dismayed for God is your God. God will strengthen you. God will help you. Fear not. I need you to listen out. To listen out. To listen out for the crowd. Listen out for the crowd. They're in your corner. They're cheering you on. They're saying, stand up. Stand and see the salvation of God. I hear them saying, be still and know that God is God. I hear the cloud saying, you were born for this. I hear them saying, you were made for this. I hear them saying, and this too will pass. Take a minute and worship the God of the cloud. The God of the cloud is surrounded. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, by Elohim. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. Somebody needs to know that God's miracle working power did not start with you. God's got a track record. He's got a history of blessing people in difficult circumstances. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. In scary circumstances, in scarce times, and in scarce circumstances, he specializes. See, all those people that are in the Faith Hall of Fame were in difficult situations. One had a promise that she would have a child when she was past childbearing age. But it says, because she counted him faithful, she, watch this, received the strength to conceive. So much there. That's in Hebrews chapter 11. So much there. It doesn't even say, she didn't even consider her body. She didn't even consider her circumstances. That was not it at all. She counted him faithful who promised. So I'm not looking at what I have. I'm not looking at my situation. I'm only looking at one thing, and that's God. And we're going to talk more about that. And so it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, it says, let us lay aside, in the Greek literally, let us throw off. Let us throw off the weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So one, we've got to get in the cloud. I'm talking about how to live above the storm we got to get in the cloud, in the divine cloud. we got to get in the cloud. we got to get in the cloud. And then once we get in the cloud, we have to throw off the weights. We have to throw off the weights. And it's interesting, the language there, when it talks about we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, let us throw off the weights. The way that that word is set up in the Greek, it literally speaks to something being easy. Let us just lay aside. Now, you're talking about a weight. 
And, and it says, and the sin which so easily ensnares you. Watch this. You're talking about hard things being cast away easily. Oh, you, you got to catch this. What that speaks to me is that when you get in the cloud, things that were heavy become light. Oh, feel the Holy Ghost. When, when, when you get in the cloud, when you get in that atmosphere, when you get in the right dimension and in the right company, those things that you were battling with on one level are irrelevant to you on another level. Somebody needs to catch what I'm trying to tell you. There are some things that you are wrestling with right now. There are some things that you are struggling with right now. And I'm telling you, when you learn how to get in the clouds, when you learn how to see this thing right, when you learn how to rise above your storm, there are some things that you've been carrying for a long time. They have been heavy. They have been weighing you down. But God is getting ready to elevate you to a place where you're going to just shake those things up. In fact, right now, right where you are, shake those things off. Shake them off. Shake them off. Lay it aside. I feel God cast your cares upon him. God is getting ready to do something in your life. I feel it. I feel it. I feel the Holy Ghost. See, 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 see. See, God is elevating you. God is taking you up. He's lifting you up. And when he lifts you up, there are some things that cannot hang out in the oxygen, in the atmosphere of the cloud. I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you are getting ready to come out of depression right now. You're getting ready to come out of sickness right now. Take about five seconds and give God worship wherever you are. 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 Lay it aside. Lay it aside. There's some dimensions. There are some levels to where heaviness is irrelevant. Heaviness doesn't exist. That's why it says in Isaiah 61 that the anointing, boom, it breaks the yoke. It gives, watch this, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Give me that heaviness. Take on some praise. That's where you're headed. It says... Since you understand, since you, you understand that there's a cloud. And it doesn't mean that the cloud is not there. He's telling you what is there. Because you cannot access what you do not perceive. So he's telling you, he's telling you what's there. Come on, we got to get through this. We got to get through this. So, so it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares. So we got to get in the cloud We've got to throw off the weights. We've got to throw off the weights. And then three, we've got to do something else. It says, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance. So third thing we've got to do is we have to run with endurance. Now, if we're honest... You didn't come into this message, you didn't come into this service feeling like you had the strength to run. Let's keep it 100. You're like, if I can just get a little baby crawl in, I'll be fine. Some of you are like, if I can just get up out the bed, 
I'll be okay. I, I don't even, not a run, not even a jog. I don't even need, just a power walk will be fine, Jesus. But what he's doing there, when he says run with endurance, is he's commanding you to run, but he's telling you how to run. How to run. In other words, if you don't feel like you can run, he's saying, I am going to give you something to run with. I, I wish I could say that better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what you need to use in order to run. And he says, and run with endurance. I'm going to give you this thing called endurance is the thing that is going to give you the ability to run. Run with endurance. Run with endurance. How am I going to run? With endurance. And that's an interesting word in the Greek. The word endurance is a Greek word. And it's comprised of two words. It's the Greek word, hupomoni, and it's comprised of two words, hupo and moni. Hupo is to abide. Moni is under. Hupo, uh, moni, to abide. I'm sorry, hupo is under. Moni is abide. To abide under is what that word means. So this word that is translated endurance, in some places it's translated patience as well, but that word that is translated endurance literally means to abide. Abide under, to, to abide, to abide under. And, and, and where does this endurance come from? We're talking about the ability, stay with me, the ability to abide while under. So, so under does not wipe me out. It goes. I feel the spirit. So, so, so somehow I through something, we're going to get to it, develop the ability to hoopamoni, still abide, still function, still progress, still prosper while under something. Are you tracking with me? So run in this crazy season, Hebrews, who are going through something, who are troubled on every side, who are persecuted greatly, yet through that, you have the gift of hoopomony. I feel the Holy Spirit. You have the gift. This endurance is a gift, but it is a gift that is developed. The ability to be able to still abide while under something. You want that. You don't want to be the type of person that can only function while you're above something. You, you don't want to be the type of person that can only have joy, that can only progress, and that can only prosper when all the days are sunny. You don't want to be that type of person because that type of person goes into default and becomes unprofitable in times that God allows to develop you. But let's go deeper. How do we develop this hoopamony? Because I need some hoopamony. Some of you need some hope of money right now. You're under something. You're, you're under attack. You're, you're, you're fear. You're under siege. The pandemic is America. The world is under something. But God wants you to still be able to move forward. You need some hoopamony. And so how do you get hoopamony? How is hoopamony developed? If you run over real quick to Romans chapter 5, I'll tell you. Since you asked. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 says this. It says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing, watch this, 
That tribulation produces perseverance. Guess what word that is? Hoopamone. It's the same word. So, so it says, look at the flow of this. It says, we glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation or the trial produces hoopamone. It produces perseverance. Now, watch this. It says, and hoopamone and perseverance produces character. A better translation of that word character is experience. If you go back to the old King James, it says it creates experience and experience hope. Okay, that's crazy. That's crazy. So I started with the trial and I ended with hope. I started with tribulation. I started with a storm, but I came out of it with hope. Look at the process. Tribulation produces patience. So watch this. The trials that I face empower me to still function under the pressure of the trials that I will face. I feel the Holy Ghost. So, so, so you're going from level to level and God is developing something in you at every point of trial. And then it says, and that trial that is producing this perseverance that we're going to need for our race, Pastor Sarah, that we're going to need for our journey, creates experience. I feel God. See, some of you are going to come out of this season with experience. And when you have experience, it allows you to move through greater challenges more swiftly. Because God wants to bring you to a place where you are not shakable. You're not always shaking. Ephesians 4 talks about that you are no longer children tossed to and fro. God is getting ready to stabilize you. And it says, so it, tribulation produces the hoopamony. The hoopamony produces the experience. And the experience creates hope. Why? Because out of all those experiences, I become part of the great cloud of witnesses who can testify that through high water and low water, through hell and difficulties, through sufferings and sickness, through high times and low times, God came through for me. And that creates hope. And so no matter where you start, if you walk with God, you'll end with hope. Are you tracking with me? And so you got to get in the cloud. And when you get in the cloud, you'll be able to throw off the weights easily. And, and if we keep going in the text, it says, run with endurance. My hoopamony that is being developed in every season that challenges me is what gives me the ability to run. I feel that for some of you. And God wants you to understand his process. And that's going to produce experience. And experience ultimately hope. See, how do you get to be in the hall of faith? How do you get to be a part of that great cloud? It's not by the things that go right in your life. It's by the things that are beyond your control that go wrong. And yet God makes you right in the midst of a season that's wrong. Are you tracking with me? So we're going to get in the cloud. We understand but there's something above us. There's an atmosphere above us, that, above us that we have to access. We're going to throw off the weights because when we get up there, the weights are easy. We're going to run with endurance. We're going to embrace the fact that God is developing hoopamony, and the hoopamony is my staying power. And, and I had this thought. 
just along the lines of running with endurance. You know, this gives a whole new meaning to the term overcomer. You know, everyone, you know, that's something that you can put on your T-shirt, I'm an overcomer, right? You get that tatted up on you, I'm an overcomer, right? But you have to understand right there in the identity of an overcomer is the testimony that you're going to have to overcome stuff. To be an overcomer, champions aren't champions by theory or by hypothesis. Champions are champions by conquest. An overcomer is not an overcomer because, you know, if I ever had to overcome something, I would overcome it. That's not what makes you an overcomer. What makes you an overcomer is that you have overcome things. Are you tracking with me? And so, so the point that I'm making as we talk about enduring is, man, who are you going to be when you look up and you have overcome, you've overcame, you overcame COVID-19? See, that's how you got to start thinking. Not is this thing going to take me out. Not is this thing going to wipe me out. You don't think like that. Think about what is going to be my testimony when this season passes and I'm still standing. Are you tracking with me? Let's go further. Let's go further. We're going to get in the cloud. We're going to throw off these weights. We're going to run with endurance. And fourthly, we're going to stare at Jesus. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're talking about staying in the cloud. And it says that after you acknowledge that you're surrounded and you live in the consciousness of those around you and you hear their testimonies in your ear and, and you feel their testimonies in your heart encouraging you and inspiring you, when that lifts you up, you, you lay off the weight. And then you take your testimony up to this point through the trials that you have faced and you've overcome, and you use that as fuel to start running again, to start running again, and, and, and add on to that while you're running so that you won't be like Peter and get distracted. While you're running, stare at Jesus. The text says, looking unto Jesus, that word looking, the literal translation is to consider attentively. I'm staring at Jesus. It reminds me of Psalm 27 where it talks about the one thing that I desire, that will I seek after, is that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The one thing that I desire is to see God, is to learn of God, is to inquire in the habitat of God, right? I, I, I just, that, that's all I want. I just want to stare at God. And then it also reminded me of this passage of scripture in Revelation chapter 4 and 10. I'm talking about staring at Jesus, learning how to stare at Jesus. That's how you stay lofty. But that passage in Revelation, it, it speaks to this, this worship service that's taking place in heaven all the time. And there are elders around the throne that, that don't rest night nor day, but they're nonstop, consistently beholding the Lamb beholding Jesus, and it says periodically they fall down on their face 
prostrate and worship God. And this happens repetitively. They're worshiping and then they fall down. And they get back up and they worship and they fall down. And they get back up and they worship and they fall down. And one of the things that the Lord spoke to me is that the reason why they fall down flat again is because they saw another dimension of the beauty and the power, the majesty and the excellence of Jesus that wiped them out, made them completely undone all over again as if they had seen Jesus for the first time. Stare at Jesus. Stare at Jesus. When you stare at Jesus, what do you see? I'll tell you what I see. I see pure love like I've never experienced before. Pure love. Love that is so pure and so powerful that I have absolutely no fear. And that only... Am I completely devoid of fear, but I also don't have anything against anyone else? This love is so rich and thick, and it has such an atmosphere that it is impossible for me to behold this love and to experience this love and not have love for other people. What do you see when you see Jesus? I also see unparalleled might and unparalleled power when I'm staring at Jesus, right? I see the almighty God, yet, yet this power is restrained. It, it's, it's, it's measured. Jesus has all this might and this power, yet he's disciplined, he's measured, and he's merciful. What do you see when you see Jesus? The writer's inviting you to look at Jesus not as just a figure of speech, but he's saying that if you see Jesus right, if you see him right, everything about your life will change. Jesus, when I see Jesus, I see, I see infinite authority. I see infinite authority. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. No wonder I'm in the clouds. No wonder I'm above the storm because I'm looking at the storm stealer. Oh, God, I feel it. Hmm. I got one more, but I almost feel like I need to stop right here. I need to stop right here. And maybe we can continue. Maybe I'll, I'll do the rest in an Instagram live. In fact, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the other in an Instagram live. Throughout the week, it'll come to you. But I think that I got caught up in talking to you about Jesus. It, it is impossible. Hmm. For you to look at Jesus and be consumed with the storm. So I'm thinking about Peter. And you know the story. My wife preached on it recently. But Peter literally was able to walk on water as long as he looked at Jesus. When he looked at Jesus, Jesus elevated him above the storm. The water was stormy. When he looked at Jesus... He was able to rise above his circumstances 
and do the impossible. Watch this. In a time that should have been a crisis. And it only became a crisis to him when he took his eyes off Jesus and began to come down. He began to come down. And Jesus still in his mercy and his love, he's, remember, measured and merciful. He still lifts him up. I think this whole idea about rising above the crowd, rising above the storm, rather, and getting in the cloud can be summarized. Perhaps all those things can be summarized in one action, all those benefits, and that is staring at Jesus, staring at him. He wants to make himself known to you. He's absolutely beautiful. And I want to pray for you right here, right now. I want to pray for you. I, I've got a whole other point with points on the point, but, but I feel like you get the point. And I want to pray for you. I'm telling you, Jesus is the storm stiller. As I mentioned last week, he doesn't have to still the storm. All he has to do in order for you to move forward is to steal your storm. And if you're watching me right now, and you've never opened up your heart to the Lord, to Jesus, he is everything that I have described and then some. But here's the thing. He won't just be that to me. He'll be that to you too. Maybe you've had an encounter with Jesus or maybe you've heard some things about Jesus, but what I'm describing is a personality that you have never experienced before. I'm describing the real Jesus, one who loves you, the one who's got you, and the one who wants to walk with you and to have you walk with him. So I want to pray for you. The Holy Spirit is touching you. Or maybe, maybe you know the Lord, but you guys just got estranged and you got so far apart from one another. Well, I can't say from one another because even when we're far away, he's always near. He's just a turn away. But maybe you believe that you've gotten so far away from the Lord that you're at the point of no return or, or you'd have to jump through all these hoops, and that's not it at all. This message is Jesus drawing near to you. And you have an opportunity to receive the closeness that he wants to bring. Jesus is measured and merciful. He's patient. He's kind. He loves you. He gets you. And he gets the real version of you. So if that's you and you say, Pastor, I want to open up my heart to Jesus, or maybe it's, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to, I want to let him back in again. I want to return to my first works. I feel that for somebody. When you were younger, you had childlike faith, and in some way, somehow, your connection with God got broken. And Jesus is saying, come home. Come home. Come up here. Come home. You, you were born to live in the clouds. You were born to fly high with me, and you know it. Somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about. I just want you right there in the comments 
Our prayer team is there. Our pastors are in the comments right now. Right there in the comments, say, I'm coming home. Just put, I'm coming home. Just, just type that in right now. I'm coming home, and we'll connect with you. We'll agree with you. This is a homecoming. This is a homecoming. God would send a storm just for you. He would send a whole thing just for one person to awaken you, to snap you out of your rhythm and bring you into God's rhythm. So I want you to come home. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And for everybody else, let's rise above it. Let's remember who we are. Let's remember what we are surrounded by. Let's get up there. Let's get up above the storm. Let's not meditate on the negative. Let's not meditate on the what ifs and the how am I going to make it. Let's look at Jesus. Let's stare at him afresh. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for those who are connected, for those you allowed me to speak to this morning, for those you spoke to through me. Father, I pray that you would bless them and touch them. I pray, God, that something broke. Something broke today. Something broke off of their lives. Hallelujah. And as you elevated them, as you reminded them of who they are and who's with them and who's on their side, the things just started breaking off of them. They didn't even know that they were heavy. They didn't even know that they had this weight until you came in and you gave them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I thank you so much for what you're doing. God, I pray for those who are giving their hearts to you today, either for the first time or they're rededicating their lives to you. Seal this, God. In the midst of the storm, they found you. In the midst of the storm, they got reconnected to you. I thank you for the incredible journey of blessing, of protection, of power, and of progress that's coming to them and coming to their family. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done in this word. Thank you for what you've done in this time. And we will never be the same again. Thank you for victory. And I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Family, I love you so much. I'm on your side. I got your back. My wife and I are praying for you. Our entire staff is praying for you. We are with you. We're going to keep word and experiences coming. I'm going to do something on social media to give you that fifth point, I believe. And, uh, and I just want you to just walk in this. Don't just let it be a word that say, oh, that was so good. No, walk in it. There's some truth in it. There's, there's strategy for living. There's strategy for the storm in these words. Take the notes. Eat them until we meet again. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Potter's House at 1LA and Denver podcast. Pastor Sarah and I pray that you receive this word and that it will bless and enhance your life in unthinkable ways. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and not just to this podcast, but subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. We live literally to encourage and inspire you. God bless you. Until next time.